scriptures almighty God I bless your name Jesus I bless your name Jesus I thank you dear God I thank you dear God thank you dear Lord and everybody said praise the Lord I'm glad to be here this morning and I would like for you to turn to the book of 2nd Spirit of the Lord that's here this morning. You want to let your mind be on the Lord and on His good word. Thank God for everything He has done and is doing and is about to do. He has good things in store. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. read the last two verses of chapter 11, verses 32 and 33. In Damascus, the governor under Aratas, the king, kept the city of the Damascenes with a garrison, desirous to apprehend me, and through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I'd like to minister this morning on putting yourself in the hands of the church. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. First and foremost, the individual doing inspired to be doing the talking here, and hence the writing, is the man that we know as the Apostle Paul. And, of course, originally he was referred to as Saul of Tarsha, but we're going to just unify that he became the Apostle Paul and that's what we'll deal with how did he become the Apostle Paul is an important thing because before he became the Apostle Paul this man did 
fight against Jesus Christ. He stood contrary and thought within himself to do many things, truly many things that were contrary to the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name. Can you imagine an individual fighting against the name of Jesus Christ? Nobody ever imagines themselves, in most cases, being like that. We don't often see ourselves as God sees us. We don't often see ourselves as God's church sees us. We have a tendency to see ourselves in a really good light. We're not wanting to admit it to ourselves or to anybody else. We get very defensive that uh, we are saying it wrong or we're thinking it wrong or we're doing it wrong and that we have a different slant or a contrariness to us. We don't want to admit that, Saul. Paul, the Apostle Paul, before he became the Apostle Paul, had uh, many thoughts, and he cloaked his thoughts in what he felt was righteousness. Problem was, he said later, it was self-righteousness. It was not the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He was doing things his own way with his own stamp of approval. He was putting everything in his own mind in a good light, he felt like what he was fighting for was a good reason and a good thing and to go about doing what he was doing, even though he was killing people, having them stoned, and he was breathing out threatenings and slaughterings and hailing both men and women to jail. Yet, somehow, he justified all of that in his own heart and put a spin on it, you know, the spin doctor, he put a spin on it, and he, he made himself feel good about doing bad. That's what he did. The mind is a very powerful thing. Aided by an evil spirit becomes an exceedingly powerful weapon. But it is also a very deceptive weapon and a very destructive weapon wherewith people destroy themselves. They destroy their own future, their eternal future. Even one place in the Scripture said that people got so wound up in their own traditions and their own ideas and their own ways of doing things that they judged themselves. Nobody else had to judge them. They judged themselves unworthy of everlasting life. They cast out the name of Jesus Christ. They belittled it. Somebody said, well, I would never do that. Then you need to ask yourself, have you yet been baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ? If you have not yet done that, then you are belittling the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, well, they said over me in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Well, Jesus is that name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Just saying Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is not saying a name. It's just saying titles. Nothing wrong with the titles, but you must understand that Jesus owns all the titles. He is the one true, wise, only eternal God. And that he said, my name is Jesus Christ. That is the name that is above every name. And that name is the name of the whole family of Jesus, whether in heaven or in earth. Things above the earth, things under the earth. 
He both visible and invisible. His name is the name that you are to be baptized in. His name is the name that you're to be called by. His name is the name that you get saved by, healed by, delivered by, blessed by, encouraged by, and will eventually get first resurrected out of here by. Amen. Not just another name, not just another title, not just relegated to some second thing or third thing or fourth thing or whatever. He is the one, the only one, the true one, the wise one, and the holy one. And he loves you. And he wants you to take on his name. The benefit of taking on his name begins with your sins being fully pardoned. That's how he became the Apostle Paul. Though he was so contrary, though he was so indifferent, though he was so smug and looking down his nose at everything and thinking many, thinking I said, he, God, knows your heart. He knows every thought. He can declare your thoughts unto you. That's why many times people come to the house of God and they think the preacher's been listening in their home or reading their mail. The Holy Ghost knows what you're thinking. He perceives the thought of that heart and he's not trying to condemn you about it he's trying to save you from it he doesn't want you to self-destruct he doesn't want you to fall into the hands of your enemy he became the apostle Paul because that name that he fought against now he embraced that name that he hated now he loved it that way that he was so contrary Against became his way. He became adopted and he adopted the ways of the Lord to his life. He said, I will no longer fight this. I will no longer be contrary. He called himself an example and set forth as an example and a pattern to others that would come later. He said, I was the chiefest of sinners. He said, I, God showed forth a pattern in me. He saved me. You know, it's a good thing to look at yourself and, and say, I'm the chiefest of sinners. I'm lost. I'm undone. I'm miserable. I've been nasty and mean and unkind, and I've done so many things wrong in my life. I want to get this truth. I want to get this message. I want to put myself in the hands of God's church. God, His name is Jesus, and He put the church in the earth to save you. He put it there to be His hands, to reach out to every man, woman, boy, and girl on the top side of God's green earth, regardless of color, regardless of country, regardless of language. He cares not for that. He cares for your soul. And He sent a church out, a body of believers, pull you out of the fire to save you from eternal fire to save you from the, the wrong hands that you've allowed yourself to be in the Bible teaches that this man repented of his sins and he became the apostle Paul because after he repented of his sins that means he said he was sorry that means he turned away from that sinful lifestyle I'm not going to do it that way anymore I'm not going to act that way anymore. I'm not going to think that way anymore. And consequently, I won't act that way anymore. I'm going to have a change of pattern here. I'm not going to keep doing the same thing and get the same results. Going to get a new heart. Going to get a new attitude, a new spirit. Going to get a new way of walking and a new way of talking, a whole new way of thinking here. I'm going to get that. 
And this man, after repenting before the Lord, then he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And it was for the full pardon. That's one of the initial benefits of being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because the Bible says, I sat in a lawyer's office the other day and told him that you get baptized for the remission of sins. It is not a symbol. It is not a show. It's not to join the church. There's no such Bible for that kind of language or talk or thinking. It is for the remission of sins. It's a full pardon when you're baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ because the blood is in that name and there's no remission without the blood is what the Bible said. there with a lawyer and another man across the table and the other man's a businessman here in town he said oh he said don't get him started preaching well he got me started preaching and afterward that same man said to me he said that was good to see you and the lawyer just talking like that that was great he said I really like that well I hope he likes it enough to start obeying it because it's not enough just to like it it's, you can't stand afar off Peter tried that before he got the Holy Ghost before he got baptized correctly he got the Holy Ghost he, he watched afar off as the Lord was taken and whipped and beaten and got ready they got him ready to take him and crucify him he stood afar off and he did it and Jesus Christ looked right at him and reminded him without my salvation that I'm offering you're not going to be able to make it and Peter had denied him three times after telling the Lord I'll never deny you the Lord said oh yeah you're going to deny me you're going to learn a very hard lesson that you're not going to have what it takes without having this born again experience without having me inside your heart in your life without your sins washed away in my blood by my name you are not going to be any of mine and you are not going to make it you think he would have learned the lesson you think he would have learned the lesson when he told the Lord you'll never wash my feet the Lord said I don't wash your feet but he said you yeah, no part with me it's time to take uh, partake of my my blood and my body here and, and I'm showing you how to do it and, I, and I've washed your feet I'm going to wash everybody's feet. And if I don't wash yours, he said, then you're not going to have any part with me. You know, you can't just all of a sudden decide you're going to start making up things your own way and doing things your own way and deviating right and deviating left and wake up in the morning as you've had 65 bowls of pinto beans and had a bean dream about something and wake up in the morning with this idea, you know, that you're just going to set about and do. This is not what the Bible teaches at all. This is why there is much confusion in the earth, because there's a spirit of the world, the spirit of the world, that antichrist spirit that is against him in the world that is continually coming up with ideas and continuing to confuse people and twist and rest the scriptures, take them out of context, and people go off on the deep end with many things, and that's how Paul was until he got this Holy Ghost. That's how Peter was mixed and everything up until he got the good gift of the Holy Ghost until they got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and then the confusion cleared up oh God get me out of the hands of the enemy who is the author of confusion and let me get in the hands of the church and the God that is the author of peace a peace that will calm every storm for you that will take care of all the things that are swirling around you causing you great confusion and pain and misery of heart. He loves you. He wants to calm every storm. He came as an example to them walking on the water 
during the days of his earthly ministry, and the storm was so bad, and they, and they were crying out, and they were accusing him of not caring about them in one instance. And in this other, he came walking on the water to them. And the same thing, they're crying out, and they're screaming, and they're hollering, and they're about to go out of their minds with their problem. And Jesus told them, fear not. Peace. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to cause you trouble. I'm here to take care of your trouble. I'm here to calm things down. And they marvel. He speaks to the elements. The winds and the sea obey him. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. The lightnings come to him and say, command us. Tell us what to do. Oh, yeah. He's God. And he chose as an invisible God to show himself visibly. And he provided that visible flesh on the cross as a sacrifice for you, for each and every one that you could be born again, that you could have a brand new start, a brand new chance, that all the old could pass away and everything could become new, a good new, not just new for the sake of new, but a good new. And he does these things to people's hearts who believe his word, who put themselves in the hands of his church. You want to commit the keeping of your soul to what God has provided through his church in the earth. In Acts chapter 2, he gave birth to his church, his body of believers. The lawyer told me the other day, he said, he said, um, he said, he does heal. And I was like, duh. Glad that you finally found out what we've been preaching for 2,000 years and not just preaching it, but practicing it. In the church are the gifts of healings. Believers are the hands on the sick, and they shall recover. He is the Lord our God, which healeth us. As example after example, not only in the Bible, but right in this congregation. Amen. And amen. Welcome to the hands of the church. Get in the hands of the church. We don't just use words and use terms and throw out platitudes and all that stuff to, you know, make people feel warm and fuzzy we believe the bible we started building a new church over a new building and i said a uh, man came up and he started talking and i said let me tell you something right now i said we're the real thing i said so don't come around here with all that jive i said we're we're very serious about what we're doing we do really believe the word of god you know people find out you're a preacher and you're doing uh, something out here and first news you know everybody comes along with a line everybody's got a little idea and they're just bringing all this stuff at you. And, you know, we're not kidding around. We're not playing. God to us is very real. He has confirmed that over and over and over again. He should never, ever, ever have to confirm it again, but I'm so glad he does, and every time he does, I'm telling you, we believe this book. We believe every chapter, every verse, every line. We're not taking it out of context, and we don't believe in extremism. The devil is the extremist. He wants to pull people all the way one way or all the way the other way, but he doesn't like those Holy Ghost, Jesus' name, baptized people that are right smack in the middle. Yesterday we put a big 16-foot two-by-four from one floor to the other and set a level on it was dead in the middle. That's the church. We're on the middle. We're on the bubble. We are level. We're to the plumb line. We're not extremists either way. And we are true to our God who in turn is true to us. Amen. Now, lest you think it's always a cakewalk, let me tell you. Your real battles, your battles for real. All that other stuff is, is just distractions. 
All the other stuff is just to keep you going in wrong directions and to be uh, your mind to be all full of things that distract you away from the main thing, the real thing. Not only the good thing as it is, but the eternal thing. And uh, this man was, was now baptized in Jesus' name, calling on the name of the Lord. Now filled with the Holy Ghost and said, I speak in tongues more than you all. And that wasn't a human spirit utterance either. That was the spirit of the, the Holy Ghost, the spirit of the Holy God speaking through him. And he, uh, he began to tell people. He began to look into scriptures and saw them in a completely different light. He saw them in the light. And he began to, to convince people mightily of the truth of the scriptures. And you know what happened? Former friends, so-called. Former people that he hung out with and followed or they followed him, whatever the case was at the particular moment, that now, now they wanted to kill him. Now they wanted to kill him because he wasn't a killer anymore, because he wasn't taking up stones or holding the garments of those that were stoning the people of the name of Jesus. They wanted to get him. They were after the man called now the Apostle Paul. They, they wanted to find him, and one day they surrounded him. And they, they got him in a city, and they surrounded that city. But the Bible said very plainly, and even the governor, the, this, this city of Damascus, just like saying Belgrade, under the government there, uh, a guy, a king, that in their day they had a king, and they kept the whole city and with a garrison. There's a big number of armed guards. And they have surrounded, and they were desirous to apprehend the apostle Paul. They wanted to take him, and they wanted to kill him. They wanted to shut his mouth. They didn't want him preaching that you were to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and to then receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They didn't want him doing that, preaching that, living that, believing that. They were against that. Uh, you got to ask yourself, why? Are they against that? Why? Because when we don't have it, we fight against it. When we're not believing in that name scripturally, then we're belittling that name. And we just use that name in some flippant way, in some low-class way. But let me tell you, he began now, he knew as the Apostle Paul who Jesus was. He wasn't just another prophet. He wasn't one of the old prophets risen up. He wasn't Elias or Jeremiah. He was the very Christ. He was the Savior. He fulfilled all the scriptures that I've been taught all my life. And my God, now I see it and I realize it. Baptize me in his name. Let me receive the Holy Ghost. Let me witness and tell everybody everywhere the truth of the scriptures. Let me have a burden for the lost and the dying. Let me care about my family, my friends, and my neighbors, and my coworkers. Let me care so much that I will tell them the truth even if they spit in my face, even if they make fun, even if they get mad, even if they walk away, even if they exhibit a self-righteous attitude. You know, we have one young lady, uh, I could call her name, and, and she got asked about, you know, about the church and the truth and the scriptures, and when she answered to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and receive the Holy Ghost, the woman cursed and stomped her foot and turned around and said, well, it's, I got the same thing. I think not. I know not. 
when you get this, you get clean. You get changed for the good. And you don't cuss anymore. You don't, you don't display that bad temper. <laughs> Guy asked me the other day, he said, he said, what do you do when you lose it? <laughs> well, the first order of business is get the Holy Ghost so you don't lose it. <laughs> you got to get that good gift of God in your heart. Let it change your nature and get that nature under subjection. And no, it's not always going to be a cakewalk and the wind to your back when you get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and made a part of the body of Christ. It's not always going to be. There are going to be storms that's going to try to knock the house down. But Jesus said, if you hear my sayings and you do them, he said, I liken you to a wise person, that you dug deep and you built your house upon the rock. So when the storm came, you won't be like the one that built on the sandy land, you know, had no foundation. And then without that foundation, when the storm, same storm came, then the house fell and great was the fall of that house. He called them foolish, foolish people. You do not want to build foolishly. You do, you do not want to build without a strong, solid foundation. You want to build upon the rock. I'm overwhelmed in my life. Then let us lead you to the rock that's higher than you. Let us lead you to the rock that is stronger than anything you've ever dealt with. Let us lead you to the rock that you can build upon, and it will be firm and fixed and solid. And that's why men could say, my heart is fixed. It's locked in. He not only repaired it, but he locked it in. And this is, my, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. And this is not just a Sunday experience and go live like the devil the rest of the week. No, sir, my friend, this is real. This will go home with you. And this will be there when you wake up in the morning. This will be there with you on the job when you're about to lose it and help you. Help you. I had a sheriff one time treat me much like the Lord does. I was uh, in the circular perimeter of the mall and true to nature I was in a hurry and so uh, came to that stop sign I did that California stop you know you kind of hit the brake and you roll on because you looked and there's nobody there and of course on my right there's nothing but parking lot and there's all curbs and trees so there's nobody coming from the right and the left was clear vision there's nobody coming from there and there wasn't even anybody coming opposite so I just hit the brake looked and went on you know the only thing I didn't see a little bit up in that parking lot was that sheriff's car he kind of, I saw him and I just stopped, and he saw me stop, and he just kind of rolled his window down and waved me over. <laughs> so I went over where he was in the parking lot, and I just had that hangdog look. You know, I knew I'd done it wrong. And he said, he said, hey, he said, you kind of ran that stop sign, didn't you? I said, yeah, I kind of rolled through that. He said, you know, we, we just want you to stay alive here. He said, um, I said, I know it. I said, I, I did it wrong. He said, well, come over here and give me your hand. I put my hand out the window and he slapped it. Well, sometimes that's how the Lord treats me, you know. He just, he's not out to kill you. He's not out to, to clobber you. He's not out to condemn you. He is trying to save your life. He's trying to help you. Uh, what did it say, O Israel, why will you die? God doesn't want you to die. He wants you to live. 
He wants you to have the best life. But I'm just trying to tell you, it's not always. I don't want you to be deceived. You get born again, get baptized in Jesus' name, get filled with the Holy Ghost, you better understand something. The enemy is going to sharpen his focus of his telescope, and he's going to come after you, just like they did the Apostle Paul. Because you see, all them other people just play in church. But you get the real thing. And when you get the real thing, you become an enemy of the enemy. He does not want you getting anybody else. He don't want you reaping the harvest. He don't want you glorifying God. He don't want you witnessing this message. He don't want you to represent the real thing in the real way. He wants to take you out. That's when they surrounded the city. And they were going to get the Apostle Paul. But it said, and through a window, in a basket, was I let down by the wall and and escaped his hand. You want to escape the hands of your enemy. you got to get in the hands of the church. God has ways of doing things. I want us to have faith in what the Scripture said, the operation of God. I like the way God does things. Do Let God do things the way He does them. It's not always going to be to your fleshly liking. Matter of fact, most of the time, if you're in the flesh, and, and your flesh is very much alive, then you're going to disdain the things of the Lord. You're going to look down on the things of the Lord. How many were standing around claiming to be a part of what was going on, and they were criticizing David, and they were talking bad about him, and he went out, He even said, I don't want to wear your armor. I'm, I've never tested that. I have no faith in that, the, the kind of programs and things you're putting on and the way you're doing things. You know what that lawyer said to me? He said, you know, he goes, years and he said and he always likes to throw that in well when they find out you're a preacher they all of a sudden want to get very holy you know and so um he said he said you know he said um um how's it at your church he said is um you know is is uh the economy in the way it is he said in our our denomination he said uh he said giving is really down and i said no not at all i said you know our little congregation is doing just great and he started asking, well, how do you do that What's your, what's your plan? Do you have? And he started naming this big 25-letter word letter committee. And I, he got done with all of that. I, by that time, you know, the 25th word, I was just lost. You know, I think he lost me at the second word, actually. And but I was just so glad he finally whoop, stopped. And I just said, uh, do you want to define that for me? In other words, I got no clue what you're talking about, pal. All them words that you just said, you lost me. You know, you know I like simple. <laughs> The gospel is simple. Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's simple. It's, it's, it's very easy. Just believe what the Scripture is saying, and that's what the Scripture says. It's shouting it at you, actually. Sometimes I'm shouting it at you. And you just want to believe it. That's the challenge, to believe it. And I said, no. I said, um, actually, things haven't gone down at all, haven't dipped off. As a matter of fact, we're doing better than ever. I'm very thankful for what our God is doing let me tell you, God has a different way of doing things. God knows how to do the impossible. 
God knows how. When he puts, we've had people get up and testify and they don't understand, but they just know God did it and they're so glad he did do it. I don't know how he opens the blind eyes, but he does it. I don't know how he raises the dead, but he does it. I don't know how he gets rid of those cancers that they find in you with all those tests and those scopes, but he does it. I don't know how they take x-rays and it's on the x-ray one time and then it's not there after prayer the next time. I don't know how he does it except that he's the king of kings and where the word of the king is there's power and when he speaks it, it happens. And he does it through his church. So get in the hands. Paul was not a considered to be an unintelligent man. After all, he was used of God to write somewhere 50% of the New Testament. And he was not an unintelligent man. And, but this man found himself surrounded by enemies. And he didn't grab a gun. He didn't get himself a, a nine or a Glock or something. He didn't, he didn't run down to the basement of his church house and looking for a grenade because he knew there wasn't none of them there. Because we got the real thing. You know, people that's toting guns, packing guns, packing heat, and claiming God. Sorry, that's, that's a big contradiction. You know, just like people who claiming him, one guy with a shirt said apostle, and you know, every other word out of his mouth, maybe every word out of his mouth was a cuss word. Sorry, that don't fly. That's not the real thing. And I could go on and on and on, right? This is the real thing. And he he looked and he said, man, they're closing in on me. They've put surrounded the place. They're fixing to, to get me. They're going to kill me, and I want to live for God. I just got this. I'm called for this. I want to go tell everybody I have a burden. I want, I want to reap the harvest here. And the church took him. And the church said, now, we know you're very intelligent, but I um, need you to just scrunch down a little bit. And they pushed him down into that basket. And he's like, I wonder what's going to happen here. And they took that. But they, you know, you got to have a little faith here. Put yourself. Jesus said, peace. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm going to calm everything down. And they took that rope and began to let him over the side of the wall in that basket. There are some seemingly strange things sometimes that it takes to save people and to keep people saved, to keep them from the enemy taking them out, that to, you, to the enemy you are a threat because you're no longer the way you're live, you become living proof that he is real and his power is great and mighty and that there are, there's a harvest out there and there are other people that need to know that he is real. There are other people that need to know that, oh, I didn't know it would be like this. Oh, it's so much like this. It's so much better than like this. And, and how amazed people become at the greatness of God and what he does and how he does it. Doors that he can open, blessings that he can bring, things that the Bible said he'll, you honor him and he will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Let me tell you, your natural intelligence can rob you of the blessings of God because you're thinking about it in a natural way and God has his own 
operation and way he does things. You got to have faith in God. You got to have that spiritual faith in the spiritual things. God has his way of doing things and they're based on the book. They're not based on somebody's weird extreme thinking and some made up conjured up nonsense, but they're based on chapter and verse, good chapter and verse example. I got to tell you, I, I can't help marveling at how Jesus took one man and spit on him and then prayed a prayer and healed the man. I've never spit on anybody intentionally. Now, the front row is in danger when I'm preaching. But, uh, you know, that's all right. It's anointed, so it'll help you. Just claim it by faith. But, uh, you know, I just never have gone to that extreme to, to just willfully spit on somebody and then pray for them. But I'm sure in my excitement of praying for people and having some sweat in my prayer that I'm quite sure I've been guilty of letting a few fly. But, you know, the bottom line is, that the healing took place. In that instance, that's the bottom line. The guy that couldn't hear, now he can hear. The guy who couldn't speak, now the string of his tongue is loose and he can, he can speak. And so on and so forth. Things that through the years, I was just told recently of a, a, um, a special messenger uh, that was over in a, either Pakistan or India, and uh, which are neighboring countries, and so whichever one it was. And, and he was trying to win people and get something started, and he, he had gotten things to where a lot of people came to an open outdoor thing. And while he was up looking down at this massive crowd and wanting, and they were so stiff and so against and so in other things in their minds about the way it ought to be, and he, the Lord spoke to him and told him to dance. Just the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he, now that's the only kind of dance move that I want to know how to do. And I don't really even want to know how. I just want to yield to the inspiration of the Lord when it comes. You know, I'm not wanting to bust any moves for anybody. Hello. I just want to worship the Lord. And see, there's no promiscuousness in that. There's no sexual innuendo in that kind of dancing. That's holy dancing. That's Bible-based dancing in the Spirit. And this fellow obeyed the Lord and the Lord's spirit swept him away and he began to dance and he went all around those men that were in the perimeter all around, it was a big area and he danced all around and now these guys were stiff, these guys were starchy these guys, some of them were hateful and, and against and anti and he danced and he danced and he danced himself all the way back up and God spoke to him again and said everywhere you danced everybody you went around he said I'm going to give you every one of them and all the ones inside of them Hear me now. Our God has his ways of doing things. you got to find out, am I ashamed or am I not ashamed? Uh, first off, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed that you have to repent. I'm not ashamed that you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And I am not ashamed to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and preach that. I'm not ashamed of the God. It's the power of God unto salvation to all them that will believe it. It's the power of the Spirit unto salvation. I am not ashamed to lift my heart with my hands and worship Him. I am not ashamed to worship Him 
in another language as his spirit gives me the inspiration. I am not ashamed to dance and shout and rejoice in the presence of the Lord who is my heavenly father, my everlasting father. I tell you, people go to ball games, people go to concerts, and they do some of the most crazy and ungodly things. They paint themselves every kind of color you can imagine, and they put on all kinds of outward garb and paraphernalia, and they're out there, pictures are being taken, but come to the church house where the king of kings is, and suddenly somebody is going to get ashamed and criticized and put it down. I don't think so. It just shows who you love. And as I said, we love him. We're serious about him. You want to put your hands in the hands of the church. You want the church to show you how to get out of your bad situation. Because there's an enemy that's out to kill you. It's a spirit. He is called the angel of destruction, the messenger of destruction. He comes to kill. That's what Jesus said. He said the enemy comes to kill. He comes to pluck up what's planted. He comes to destroy. He comes to kill. you got to get that straight. And Jesus Christ has a church. You put your hand yourself in the hands of the church, and there is a method and a way out of your situation, no matter how surrounded you feel while you're standing. And I'll conclude. This was told to us by a man that experienced it firsthand. And he was down in South America. Spanish country, I believe, was Colombia, and uh, they have big mountains, and many people live up, live up the mountains in remote places. And he went up there with a few people to go have a service and teach them the gospel. One trail going up, very narrow, very steep. And he said, we went up and we had service. He said, oh, we had service. And we reached people and people that didn't know, and they were so hungry. And he said, when we left, it was way over in the night. He said it was very dark. And we were coming down that mountain, and all of a sudden we heard people coming up the mountain. And he said, now you have to understand there's no room right, there's no room left. On one side is a solid sheer rock, and on the other side is a great big fall if you step off. And he said we were coming down, and we knew that there were, there were people that hated what we preached, and they, they'll cut your throat, they'll slit your throat. Uh, and he said we, we knew, and we knew that, that they were coming after us. And, and he said, and there we were in this little narrow path and there's nowhere to go and he said all of a sudden a fog descended right down over us over right where we were at out of nowhere here's this fog and he said the next thing we knew we backed into the mountain and it opened up like a cave and we backed right into it and he said and they went right up he said we saw their machetes we we felt their hatred that there was a killing spirit on them and he said they went right on by us never saw us went right up the mountain they passed by, so we came right out and went right on down the mountain. Oh, God has his ways of doing things. I could tell you about men that have testified being in church houses just like this, only not block and not solid, just boards, and how that they came and surrounded them and fired their rifles, and everybody just kept praying. Everybody had their hands up. Oh, you have them up then, won't you? Everybody just kept worshiping, and nobody, people found bullet holes in their clothes, but nobody died. Nobody got wounded. Nobody shed one drop of blood. Let me tell you about 
about my God. My God that can take care of your empty bank account. My God that can put food on your table. But more importantly, my God that wants to save you from the enemy that wants to take you out. And he wants to take you out for eternity. Not just for this world. Not just this life. In conclusion, Jesus said it this way. Luke chapter 21, verse 34. And take heed to yourself. Pay attention to yourself. That's not being selfish in this case. That's, that's being responsible. And he said, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, that's excessiveness, and drunkenness, and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. He said, for as a snare, a trap, shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. He said, watch ye therefore, and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand and to stand. You don't want to find yourself in a situation where you're giddy, you're silly, and you're just indulging yourself in things that are of no value whatsoever. You're just flirting with the, the enemy, playing footsies with him. You don't want to give yourself over to that. You don't want to find yourself lost. You want to be saved. You want to stay saved. You want to be counted worthy to escape all these things. And these things are all around us. These things, just as the storm was all around them, these things are all around us worldwide. And they keep pumping it out. They keep trying to shape the hearts and the minds of people with all their septic tank filth. You want to be clean escaped from the era of the unbelievers. You want to believe in Jesus Christ. You want to believe in him according to the word. Believe on him as the scripture is saying. The scripture is shouting, and it's shouting repent. And don't go over that lightly. Make a good repentance. And then we'll baptize you in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And it will be for the full pardon of all of your sins. And you will have no more conscience of sins when you're baptized the Bible way in the name of Jesus Christ. When you're elevating his name to where, in your mind, to where it already is, it's above every name. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Don't be ashamed. I imagine Paul could have said, man, I, look at me, look at me, man. Oh, come on, I'm not getting basket <laughs> well fine you can stay here for the for all them hate mongering soldiers and the governor and the king and all them people that hate you because of what you believe well you know the basket's looking pretty good all of a sudden yeah yeah I think I can do it bite of my creaky knee I'll just get right on down in that basket and it looks a little funky but okay we're gonna do this you know, the flesh does not like the thought of being immersed in water, getting wet. That's why denominations said, we'll just sprinkle them. We'll invent the dry cleaning method. We'll just sprinkle them a little bit. We want to appease their flesh. We want more people. We want number. The book, F. Ah, what about the book? We'll write our own book. Oh, and they've done that. 
But there's a church that's earnestly contending for the faith that was once and for all delivered unto the saints, unto the body of Christ. We're serious. You better believe we're serious because it's serious business. And we want you to realize sometimes it may look funny. To, it's going to look funny to your flesh. It's going to look different. It's going to look strange. I remember the first service I went to, first one, and uh, my ripped shirt on, jeans, you know. They called us hippies. <laughs> Had hair then. Kind of long. You know, didn't believe much in that razor. And, uh, had old Mr. Buddha hanging around my neck. You know, thought I was cool. Thought I knew it all. I went to that church service, and man, I want you to know, hands were up. People were praising and shouting, and they had chairs in our church then. It wasn't much. It was just starting to be my church, but when I came into that place, they had chairs. Man, them chairs were getting knocked over. People were running around, and they'd go up and to the side, and they'd shout, and they'd dance, and they'd you know, you could say they're crazy. No, they're not crazy. They're ex-drunks. They're ex-alcoholics. They're ex-dope addicts. They're people whose marriage was on the rocks, and now it's not. Now it's on the rock, you know. You know? There were people that were happy. There were people that the enemy was out to kill them, and they got in the hands of the church, and their life improved. God put everything together and blessed everything <laughs> and set their feet going in the right direction. And I... I stood there and I thought, I didn't know I was going to Yankee Stadium tonight. This looks more like a Yankee Stadium ballpark and people shouting and singing out loud, saying amen out loud. What in the world is going on here? I just looked around bug-eyed and amazed. And I left out of there and we walked across the parking lot. And my wife said, that's my wife over there for 39 years. She said, uh, she said, well, and I said, well, what do you think? She said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, it sure was different. I said, but you know what? I said, they got something I don't have, and I want it. And that's how it all started. Next thing you know, we, got, we repented, and we got baptized in Jesus' name, and we received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's, you know, some 38 and a half years ago. It was accurate today, wasn't it? I'm just witching for that 40. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning towards it. Just trying to get it within my grasp. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Let's give our God a big hand. Come on. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes. <clears throat> oh, yes. I'm very glad to come to church and it be, be what the Bible said, lively stone. That we're not dead, we're not dull, and we're not boring because we don't serve a dead, dull, or boring God. He's alive. He's real. He's great. And he moves. And he answers and he speaks. He's not some carved out piece of wood or some piece of stone that comes from somebody's hands and ideas. Everybody said hallelujah. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. We're going to sing and worship. And we'd like our men to come gather over here and all the ladies here. We're going to have a good family Thank prayer you. before we leave. You desire to be baptized in Jesus' name, the Bible way, we want to do that. You make a good repentance at this altar, and we'll be happy to do that. I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed to get in the basket. I'm not ashamed to get in the hands of the church. I want that. I want a good life, a better life, a happy life. I want life eternal. Come on and worship Him now. Acknowledge Him. Oh, yeah. He shall direct 
God.